TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Our next guest is the founder of the show, Erie County Comptroller, Kevin Hardwick. Uh, Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Kevin, I, I'm doing well this Sunday morning. Uh, lots to get into, but we just... We just talked with George Maziars, and I, 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 I'm interested in your opinion because of your perspective, where you come from on this. Former Republican, now Democrat, looking at the gubernatorial race uh, as a former Republican, what are your thoughts and, and what do you think the Republican Party should do? And what do you think Kathy Hochul's chances are in uh, November? Well, let me, let me uh, begin with the last question. I think her chances are excellent. Uh, but realize I'm still predicting that uh, that Mario Cuomo will defeat George Pataki in 1994. Um, I, I don't know how that happened. Uh, and I think that's something that should give Democrats across the state pause because it did it did happen. Uh, I think Zeldin is a, a strong candidate from the Republican uh, perspective. I think that's why he was tapped by the Republican organization uh, and he easily fended off. I thought strong challenges. Uh, from a number of uh, other prominent Republicans, um, so I think I think uh, I think he's a good candidate. I think that the state is uh, too democratic uh, for Kathy Hochul to lose, but at the same time, I don't think she can take anything for granted because anything can happen. I mean, we know that there probably will be a lot of anti-democratic sentiment just due to the economy, unless things turn around uh, in the near future between now and November. So, again, I think that's another thing that uh, that the Democrats have to worry about. Now, Kevin, we might get into a little more state talk later, but you are the Erie County Comptroller. And this week you issued a warning when it comes to spending to the legislature. Uh, what was that warning and how did we get here? Well, you know, if you look back over the uh, history of Erie County, at least the last 40, 50 years or so, about every 20 years, the county has a fiscal meltdown. Uh, and at the end of that meltdown, we pay higher taxes, both higher property taxes and higher sales tax. You know, I moved here in 1989. It was a few years after uh, the county had a fiscal crisis, and they ended up uh, imposing uh, the additional temporary, they called it temporary, 1% sales tax. We went from 7% sales tax to 8% sales tax in Erie County, and that was going to be temporary. Uh, again, and when we talk about the county sales tax, realize that the state gets the first $0.04. Cents. So we were talking about the county going from $0.03 cents to $0.04, cents, a total of $0.08. Cents. Anyway, that, that was supposed to be temporary. Well, as we know now, it's, it's kind of a joke, a running joke, that it's, it's not temporary. 
then about uh, 20 years later or so, in 2005, we had the red and green budget crisis. Again, we came out of that with higher property taxes. We added another 0.75 cents uh, to our sales tax. Uh, and there were about 1,500 layoffs. Um, these past crises didn't happen overnight. I mean, they, they had their genesis in good times. Good times quickly turned to bad times. I mean, we've seen the national economy in the last year or so. I mean, who saw this inflation thing coming? I, I grew up with it. I thought it was going to happen sometime because I can remember the 60s and the 70s and, and, and what spawned inflation. But, um, but I think it took a lot of people by, by surprise, and now that's all, we can, that's all we can talk about. Anyway, there are a number of storm clouds brewing out there on the horizon, Things right now are very good in Erie County finances, and, and I take my hat off to the county executive, Mark Polencars. I think he's done a, a decent job of budgeting over the years, and he's cut down our debt. Having said that, however, you can't ignore things that are going on there. The, the, the recession, uh, which you know I don't think uh, I talk about a possible recession anymore. I think we're probably in a recession, um, and, and the impact that that's going to have. On the county, it's going to hurt our number one source of local revenue, which is sales tax. You know, if sales tax tanks, uh, Erie County is in a lot of trouble. You've got inflation, which just like every other family, that affects the county. Uh, we're paying a lot more this year than we were last year, year for asphalt to prepare to repair uh, and patch county roads, um, plus to run county vehicles and and the whole like. Uh, the stock market has tanked. That's hurt me. I've lost. A lot of money in my 403b, um, but I'm I'm hoping that eventually I can outlive that and and I'll get my gains back. But the problem for the county and other municipalities in New York State is that affects our retirement contributions because we guarantee our employees uh, their retirement. If things go bad, if the economy goes bad, it doesn't matter. That's a guarantee, just like your Social Security check is going to be guaranteed. At least we hope it will be. Well, the way we're, we're able to fund that is because every year, uh, every paycheck, uh, public employees, uh, by the public employer, uh, Erie County, when they pay me my paycheck, send some money to New York State uh, to cover uh, investments in the retirement system that the, uh, that the uh, state controller is making. Uh, he invests heavily in the stock market, and when the stock market does well, you don't need to ask Erie County and the town of Amherst and the uh, you know village of Depew and, and, and school districts for a lot of money because you make it up on investments. Well, now the stock market has tanked. There are a lot of losses there. So you can expect county or um, state controller Tom DiNapoli to be asking local governments for more money pretty soon. Uh, and that's going to be a lot more money, and, and that's going to have an impact. Uh, we're buying this, uh, you know, we're going to purchase this stadium, which I think is good for Erie County, good for the Buffalo Bills, certainly. I do think we got a good deal. We, we could argue about that. I know that's controversial, but I think it's a good move for Erie County, but we have to realize that we're going to have to pay for that. Uh, and we're going to have, we're going to be doing some borrowing, probably not this year, more likely next year. We're going to borrow about $150 million, and we're going to be paying interest on that. And the interest every day is, uh, looks like it'll be going up because interest rates are going up. Uh, there are a lot of other things out there. I mean, uh, recently we found out that uh, a number of people have filed suit against the county utilizing the uh, Child Victims Act. 
Uh, I think there are 40-some lawsuits pending now. Uh, these are people who apparently have accused the county of placing them in foster homes and where they were abused and, 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 and a number of other uh, grievances against the county. Well, you know, eventually this is probably going to cost us money in the same way it's cost the Boy Scouts and the Catholic Church and a lot of other local governments money. Anyway, you add all these things up and you say, although things aren't good now, uh, and in, in, in recent years we've had a lot of money, and we put it towards a lot of good things, made a lot of investments in our community uh, that, are, that are good for us, uh, but I think we have to start uh, temporary, tempering our expectations, and we have to be ready to rein in our spending. Otherwise, we're going to come into you know, one of those 20-year crises, and, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. Kevin, you and I have uh, our disagreements, but the stadium is not one. I agree with you. I think it was uh, it's great for the Bills, and it's great for Erie County, keeping the Bills here. Uh, another financial warning that we have heard in the last few weeks is from SUNY Erie Community College. How does that play into the county's uh, budget issues, and what's the county prepared to do for ECC? Well, well the, the answer to the latter question is I don't know, and I think that's yet to be determined. Uh, I had a meeting uh, the other day, the middle of last week, with uh, the president, the new president of ECC, as well as some of the uh, union leaders there. Uh, and I can, I think everybody acknowledges that there are serious fiscal problems at uh, ECC or SUNY Erie, as we're now calling it. Um, and and the question is, are we going to be able to resolve those problems? And what is it going to cost the county? And right now, it's a big question mark. Uh, in recent years, I think the county executive and the county legislature have poured more money into uh, the, um, the community college. Um, and, you know, it's still uh, the problems persist there. Another issue, Kevin, uh, something that, you know, was very much talked about during uh, the comptroller election. I mean, obviously now, as you said, we've we've move to this time of where Erie County financially right now is doing well. Has there been any movement on investigations into overtime during the COVID pandemic, or has that all uh, been put to rest? Well, recently I submitted a first quarter management uh, managerial confidential overtime report to the county legislature, as I promised to do. Uh, they're going to be taking that up, I think, a week from a week from Thursday in committee meetings. We're going to have a discussion about that. By then, I hope to have at least some preliminary data on the second quarter uh, managerial confidential overtime. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, we can hopefully share that. And that's with some of the new uh, overtime uh, policies in place? Yeah, that's right. Because now, uh, now it's basically not just during times of uh, crisis that uh, department heads and other MC employees can get overtime. It's any time. Uh, once they exceed 200 hours in uh, compensatory time accumulated, they, uh, they're eligible for cash overtime. Uh, and there were a number of employees during the first quarter who got it, realized they would have had to build up to 200 uh, during the first quarter and then, then go over it. Um, and a number of them did. And most of them are in the sheriff's department. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of overtime there, uh, and I think for a variety of reasons. Uh, many of them, many of them good, but that's certainly a discussion that the legislature will want to have. 
Uh, back to the Bill Stadium for a, a second. They re- there were plans released on Friday. Uh, what were your thoughts of the initial placement of the stadium and what is having to be given up and um, just the plans going forward? I guess I wasn't surprised. I mean, I had a good idea from a meeting that I had earlier in the year with Ron Rakua of the uh, of the Buffalo Bills. What you know, where they wanted to put it. Realize that all came out because the county is uh, committed to doing the state environmental quality review, something that they need to uh, clear that process before they can they can do anything there. Uh, so those plans were were part of that review process. I'm not sure there was any any huge news there, but um, but you know it's we're moving forward on that. Now to the to the state, Kevin, because you're not only the comptroller, you uh you know politics almost as well as anyone. Um, and as a former Republican, you know I have to ask you these questions now. As a Democrat, how you look at these uh, with your history in the Republican Party? And I've got to start NY23 first. Your reaction to Chris Jacobs stepping out, and your reaction to the primary that we're going to see in August. You know, I I thought that. Um uh, that was a tough, tough decision for Chris to make. Uh, I give him, uh, you know, I, I give him credit, especially after what happened in, in Buffalo with the shooting here uh, in coming out uh, uh, for some common sense gun control measures. Uh, but you had to know that that was going to cost him in his district. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, and I'm sure he was surprised by how much it cost him because there was immediate backlash and it drove him out of the race. Now you've got uh, Nick Langworthy in there. You've got Carl Palladino. You know, my gut tells me that that's that's a a, a race that uh, that Carl should win. Those are those are his voters. They're going to come out in droves, as I heard George Maziar say the last uh, the last hour. Um, but you know, I wouldn't count Nick Langworthy out. Nick is uh, is more disciplined than Carl. Uh, and, uh, and, and it may make a difference and certainly he's, he's better organized. Uh, but if I were, if I were betting, I would give a slight edge to Carl Palladino. Uh, but I think it's going to be, as George said last hour, I think it's going to be an interesting race to watch, uh, especially for Democrats who don't have a dog in that fight. The um the the county the big county uh, primary seemed to be the clerk's race. It really heated up with an interview on this show, by the way, uh, Jeremy Zellner, who I have to thank for putting together the next week's um, interview um, with both candidates. Uh, but that really heated up in the final weeks, and we saw Melissa Hartman defeat Mickey Kearns. Now they'll face each other in the general election. Uh, how do you how, how do are Democrats viewing that? You know, Mickey Kearns did get a good percentage of Democrat votes. I mean, this is going to probably be very close come November. I, I think it will be close in November, and it'll be a question of, of turnout. I think a lot of people were, were – some people were surprised that Mickey didn't win that primary. I was not. I thought, uh, though, that uh, Melissa would, uh, would win it, but I didn't think she'd win it by that, that margin. Uh, so I think that, uh, that speaks highly of the, uh, uh, of the organization, of the county chair, Jeremy Zellner, and, and Melissa's hard work. Uh, and it has to give Mickey pause. Uh, but again, I think he still has a, has a, a, a lot of strengths. Uh, and I think that'll be, a, that'll be a close race in November. It'll certainly be the, the local race uh, to watch, the, uh, the uh, uh, federal race to watch, of course, you know, will be, um, um, will be uh, everything else with, uh, with Congress. 
You know, I, and maybe this is just where politics is now, Kevin. You know, we talk about this all the time uh, on and off air about where politics is in 2022. But I was interested to see on Election Day people saying, you know, I'm voting for Melissa Hartman, the pro-choice candidate. Doesn't really seem to have anything to do with the clerk's office. Yeah, but it's important to the people who vote in Democratic uh, uh, primaries. Uh, just like if, if you were running for, um, oh, I don't know, for, for dog catcher in, uh, in, in Eden, uh, you know, I think that somehow uh, abortion and gun control would, would make their ways into those races. And there are a lot of Republicans who would want to make sure that you're on the right side of the Second Amendment before they gave you your vote, whether your, your uh, position had anything to do with gun control or not. Now, I want to follow up with uh, something I did a show on uh, a few weeks ago and uh, have talked about, and that is uh, a press conference that Jeremy Zellner held in the city of Tonawanda. You were there as well, uh, calling out them um, being open on Juneteenth. I just want to know, were you satisfied with their response? I would still, I I think they have a year before the next Juneteenth, and I think it would be um, good for not only the city of Tonawanda, but all municipalities in western New York uh, to uh, find a way to make Juneteenth uh, a uh, a local holiday uh, for their workers. Um, Now, that involves, I know, negotiations with unions and the like, uh, but I think it's important, and I think that uh, it's something that needs to be done. Do you think pressure, or has pressure, maybe uh, pressure has also been put on other, like you said, other municipalities? I, I realize you and Jeremy live in the city of Tatawanda, but on the same day, Hamburg, Chittawaga, still open. Have there been discussions with those uh, towns to also close next Juneteenth? I, I would hope so. I've had some informal discussions with some of the leaders there, you know, just a passing, hey, you know, you ought to, you ought to do something. Um, but uh, I think that uh, I think because of that press conference, even though it didn't result in a holiday in the city of Tonawanda this Juneteenth, it probably will for the future. And not only the city of Tonawanda, but I think other local municipalities saw that what was happening and can, uh, you know, can hold their finger up to the wind and decide that, hey, this is the way it's blowing. We ought to we ought to do something before next year. All right, and I have a national question for you before I let you go, Kevin. Uh, ob- I have a point of personal privilege, so so give me time for that. Oh, all right. Uh, um, th- nationally, obviously, with the Supreme Court decisions that have gotten a lot of attention, um, we you know we're heading into a midterms where Republicans are favored to take a lot of seats in Congress and some seats in Senate. Obviously, uh, it depends on what's up. Um, do you see the Supreme Court decisions having any impact on the midterms? Yeah, I think they will. I think they will uh, will help uh, Democrats because the decisions have gone against uh, base Democratic voters, and they're they're mad, and mad people come out and they they vote. Um, so I think yeah, it will will that make up for the economy and gas prices and everything else? Um, I doubt it, but it will offset it some uh, to some extent. I I would anticipate it's not going to be a great year for Democrats, uh, but I think it will be a little bit better because of those Supreme Court decisions. And I think because of what's coming out of the January 6th hearings. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see uh, Cassidy Hutchinson the other day, uh, but she was a very compelling witness. And, you know, like so many other people, she was an insider in the Trump White House, uh, as was Bill Barr and so many other people who are now saying that, no, the election wasn't rigged. We told him. And, you know, what happened there, you know, 
we didn't agree with. Do you think the committee... That's important to keep in mind, too. Because there have been Secret Service agents that have said that never happened. Do you think the committee should call on those Secret Service agents? Uh, I, I definitely think they have. And, and it, it appears from what I've been noticing the last couple of days that the Secret Service is backtracking there. And I think that there is corroborating evidence. But again, I'm not on the inside. and we'll, we'll hopefully find that out soon. This is a question I asked Congressman Higgins, and I'm interested to know your answer. Do you think this committee, because obviously this committee is just as divisive as uh, politics in America. It's, and you know, this is something we talked about Chris Jacobs. He was right about. You know, Republicans should have voted for the committee in favor, and they could have had um, you know, Jim Jordan, Kevin McCarthy, whoever they wanted on this committee. Do you think the committee made up of all non-Trump fans uh, puts, you know, it, it makes it 50 percent of the nation watching every minute, following it closely, and the other 50 percent saying it's a witch hunt? A- absolutely. There's no question it's partisan. You know, you make a question that's a partisan committee. Yeah, it is. Uh, but still, it doesn't change the testimony of the people uh, that were very close to Trump and what they're saying. Uh, and I can't imagine, even if they were cross-examined, that the story would be any different, other than the fact that it would be more of a bipartisan effort. So, yeah, it's very partisan, and you've got to take everything with a with a grain of salt. But um, you know, it, it's tough to. I, I don't know how you, uh, you you know how you refute a lot of the things that have come out of that. Can can I make my point of personal privilege? Of, of course, this this is the show founded by Kevin Hardwick. Of course, you can. Thank you. Um, as you know, Joe, uh, we had this interview set up a few days ago, and in, in the interim, had a medical emergency in my family. Uh, my wife, Debbie, got very sick uh, Friday night. And I just want to give a big thank you to, uh, uh, to uh, the folks at uh, Millard Fillmore Suburban Hospital, including her surgeon, Dr. Yang, uh, her anesthesiologist, Dr. Darcy Miller, a former student of mine when I taught college courses at Mount St. Mary's Academy, and all the nurses and staff there, they just have been so good to us, as well as the people at DeGraff uh, Hospital who diagnosed her and sent her over to Millard Fillmore. Uh, she had successful surgery. She had her appendix removed yesterday, uh, and uh, I'm hoping to bring her home later this afternoon. Uh, but everybody did such a great job, and I'm, I'm very thankful. We, we, are, we are blessed. You know, we disagree on our politics, but I hope we can all agree that we are blessed in western New York, New York to have world-class health care. Well, and Kevin, there's always time to put politics aside. I think more time needs to be put aside. Uh, politics needs to be put aside. And I speak for the entire audience when we say, uh, "Happy that it was a successful surgery." And our thoughts and prayers are with you uh, and your family. Thank you, Joe. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 